The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Podcast. I am your host, Sean Kidd, and we have finally reached Super Bra 2. And as always, I am here with my esteemed, I think last episode I said Merriman, and uh, Logan, you turned it into the Seven Dwarfs, so I guess I'll say you are my, <laughs> you are my dwarfs tonight, and we have, an ex, we have an extra dwarf with us tonight, so I'll, I'll start off with him, our special guest dwarf tonight, Jambalaya Jake, Jake Williams, how are you tonight? Uh, can I be Jiminy Cricket? Sure, you can just request. He's not a dwarf. He's a Pinocchio, but sure, go for it. He's well, a, I think he's a grasshopper. He's a cricket. It says it right there. I didn't figure something out. Who the fuck else could I be in uh, Snow White? I mean, I could be Snow White. <laughs> I've wandered. I've wandered into this. Uh, you could be the. You could you, be you the. Are, you, you, poor Jake just walked into this bullshit. So I apologize, Jake. <laughs> I'm doing well. Excited to talk about the show. Snow Williams over there. Williams. That's his cocaine name. Yeah. He sang in former Boy. that weird song from the nineties. It's, yeah. it's, it's Huggy Bear Jacob Williams. <laughs> <laughs> God. All right, I'm next Logan. Logan Cross how are you tonight? I, I'm doing well and I'll play the role of Dopey tonight. So <laughs> on, on brand, uh Scott Shiflet. <laughs> I think uh it's supposed to be little people and not dwarves, Sean. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm here. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. My, my 1937 self uh, related to the 1937 movie. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, or also the hanging 
little person in um, Wizard of Oz. So there we go. So I thought it was um, going to be a hanging Chad reference yeah. for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. Hanging, hanging I, Chad I, to I, my I, knee. I, I still don't know where Jeez. he's going. Last but not least, uh, Matt Susan. I think we've all had a collective stroke. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, I'll p- be playing the role of Sneezy uh, due to my uh, state of allergy that I'm currently in. All right, excellent. And I'll be playing the role of old man Sean Kidd like I do every freaking episode. So uh, I don't tonight... remember that being in the Disney no, movie. No, no, you're sleepy because you're up past your bedtime. No. Yeah. You're Doc, the leader. Oh, uh, is Doc, is, was Doc the leader, really? He's the oldest. That's how that works. Okay, well, I'll roll with that. I guess I'll be Doc. All right, so this is Do you think not, they try uh, to make a move on Snow White? Or, like... What's I mean, up? I would have. But, by Doc the way, this is not... Doc also had to be times a night. This is not Pop Goes to the Classics. This is not Pop Goes to the Classics, guys, on the pod feed. So we're going to move on. And we're going to talk about... Excuse me. Super Brawl 2 tonight. And uh, we're going to start off with our Meltzer notes, as always. And we're going to start with... His notes from February the 24th. So round robin as always. So, Susan, I'm going to start with you. Are you ready? I am as ready as I'll ever be. All right. So, uh, as always, he starts off with his personnel notes. Lots of news regarding personnel. Dustin Rhodes, Steve Austin, and Brian Pillman all signed two-year contracts. These new contracts have a base salary plus incentives. I believe both Rhodes and Austin signed for bases of 165 and 190 with incentives that will push that total up from there. Pillman had been heavily pursued by the WWF, which is apparently looking at rating back in the opposite direction. Jesse Ventura hadn't signed contract at press time still, but apparently agreed to terms midweek for a two-year deal to co-host Worldwide Wrestling and is scheduled to start around the 1st of March. He'll also no doubt continue to co-host all pay-per-view and class programs. So it sounds like they signed Jesse and they've locked in Dustin, Steve, and uh, Brian Pillman as well. What do you think, Susan? Yeah, you know, it's about time they signed Jesse Ventura, considering they've been advertising him that he was going to be a part of this pay-per-view for like the past month. So it's probably good that they hide him, put pen to paper on a contract. Uh, As for uh, Austin, Pillman, and Rhodes, I mean, look, those are three of your top stars right now in the company, so it makes sense to bring them on for another two years. I mean, if you lose them, you know that the WWF would be scooping them back up, especially, you know, Dustin. He's been there before at this point. So, yeah, it makes sense to bring bring all all those guys back. All right, excellent. (laughs) Logan, here we go. Here's another uh, update on a pairing that we've heard about now for, uh, I believe, uh, the last six episodes. Terry Gordy and Steve Williams still have not signed a contract, but are either close or verbally agreed to a part-time deal in between Japan tours. Yeah, that would be a big get. Uh, them, uh, I think they obviously eventually face the Steiners at some point, um, but that, that'd that be a good uh, matchup to have uh, when they eventually come in. All right. All right, Schiff. Here's, oh, Schiff, unfortunate news. Johnny B. Bad signed a one-year contract, rumored at 156000 <laughs> I mean... Johnny Bad comes into his own in 93, 94, so it was worth it. But, like, you know, with the, with him and even going back to Dustin Rhodes, Austin, and Brian Pillman signing contracts, they have a nice young core, which would have been interesting to see what would happen if Hogan and his people didn't come in, but also then WCW wouldn't have gotten as big. So it's like a real monkey's ball situation. So you big Johnny B. Bad fan, Schiff? Um, His TV title run. Uh, I, I do like his feud with DDP where he's like, you had a flat, you had all four flat tires. And he's like, I never told you what tire was flat. It's always <laughs> like stuck with me. All right. 
Oh, uh, I say big news for you, Jake. So you're going to comment on this one. Uh. <laughs> big news. Terry Taylor and Greg the Hammer Valentine won the U.S. Tag Team titles from Ron Simmons and Big Josh. Wow. Did uh, did did the major networks uh, cut into the primetime programming to break this? Or? It was like when McGuire hit a 70th home run. Yeah. <laughs> right. The CNN Stop the presses. Wolf Blitzer and yeah. Boy, the U.S. Tag Team titles are really on a upward trend. Right. As you clearly see. Wow. Two legendary teams here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Oh, Souza. And on that note, very sad news. Dick Slater won't be coming in since he was originally going to be brought in to team with Valentine. Apparently oh, that did not happen. What a true pity. You know, you hate to see that happen. Instead, we had Terry Taylor team with Greg Valentine, which uh, needless to say is a downgrade from Dick Slater. Yeah. 1985 called and told Dick Slater to stay where he was at. Apparently. Wow. <laughs> in 1992. Wow. So, all right. Uh, Logan. Tom Zake and Marcus Bagwell have formed an underneath tag team. So we talked a lot about them on our last episode. So any thoughts on them? Oh, they're spending some time underneath doing something for sure. Hey. <laughs> um, and they will be ch- and they will become the number one contenders to the U.S. tag team titles, as I discussed. That I saw at a local house show on our last episode. So but really, be a big but really, oh boy, is my... Sean, do you remember how much tickets was for that? Was it like dollars uh, and like... Uh, it, no, I, no, I think it was like five bucks. A was straw, the it was one so it was like straw, a wheat a wheat penny, I think, got you. The main there. event of that show, by the way, was Sting versus Vader that I went Ooh, to. Oh, so. that's nice. A wheat penny. <laughs> yeah, and it had all the and it had all the rebatches uh, from Super Brawl there too. By the way, so it's good. Um, I don't know who the hell this guy. So uh, PR chief Barry <laughs> Norman was fired. So we're skipping over that one. Oh no, not uh, Barry. No, <laughs> you. That's uh, he turned into Norman the lunatic. Please. Yeah, we're, we're skipping over him. Uh, Logan, expect major. Ch- ah, we hinted at this a little bit. Uh, and I think uh, a little earlier in one of our chats. Expect major changes in format and content of the WCW Saturday Night Show. Yeah, I, that's something to look forward to. I, I don't know what they will be, but. Uh, Anything that's considered a major change is something to look forward to. Mm. All right, Jake, here you go. Michael Hayes won't be doing any color commentary because they don't want to use anyone involved in angles on commentary. And the Freebirds will be getting an angle around around April. Expect Magnum TA to do color along with Teddy Long as there will be color commentators on every show. Uh, that's an interesting couple guys to throw in there. Um it's weird. I wonder what it like. What is the rationale behind not wanting to have anybody involved in angles on commentary? That's like a pretty common trope in wrestling, even in like especially like NWA, WCW. It's kind of the thing they've always done. Like, I wonder what the reasoning was. I guess. Well, the bigger thing is Michael Hayes. Here we are in February. He's not doing an angle till April. And the bigger question is why is Michael Hayes ever going to be in another angle ever again? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Bigger question. All right, Shift. Kip Fry said on Pro Wrestling Spotlight Radio Show that he's looking into cutting ticket prices at house shows. And an announcement was made Saturday night in Baltimore that for the remainder of 1992 will be $12, $10, and $5.40, which is very specific. I don't get that. <laughs> Kid seats just $5.40. Uh, Schiff. Schiff, that, Schiff. That was you. Oh, <laughs> be right back. Oh, my goodness. Kayfabe. I'm about to see you. <laughs> Uh, I tried. I tried. I tried to, I tried oh. to cover, but uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Scott Shitlet is uh, on the on the shitter right now. I apologize. 
Uh, we will move on. Uh, and Matt, do not, don't you dare edit this out of, that out of the podcast. What do, you think I got, what do you think? I got this kind of time to edit all this shit out? And, and, and let's not tell him that that's still in the pod, please. Let's yeah. leave it you, in. You got it. All right. All right. I'm going to move. I think I, I've lost where I'm at now. I'm going right to you next, uh, Souza. Sting uh-huh. missed a few house shows this weekend due to the birth of a seven-pound, eight-ounce Stephen James Borden Jr. Congratulations to Sting and also to Cactus Jack. He should have had an addition to his family before you read this as well. Well, who knew uh, Sting and Cactus Jack were able to reproduce? That's really great for them together. I hope that the two of them are very happy together. And uh, congratulations to Sting for ha- <laughs> congratulations to Sting for having a child 31 years ago. I like that. Uh, right. I like that. Mel- I like that. Old Dave got the birth white in his uh, <laughs> right. <source. laughs> he, he had his sources at the Shady Acres uh, Hospital there in fucking Venice Beach. Is, like, is Eddie Gilbert was Eddie Gilbert still alive at this time? I imagine he's like at the hospital bed calling, "Hey, uh, Sting just had a baby, <laughs> a Sorry. seven pound eight ounce baby." Skandar Akbar is at the hospital. He's like, anyway. The, all right, uh, Logan. The new policy of posting signs in front of arenas regarding no-shows and making announcements is supposed to begin this week. At the shows Sting wasn't at, they did make an announcement when the show began and offered refunds. Well, that's nice of them. (laughs) (laughs) I want my $5.46 back. Give me back my wheat penny. All right, Jake. After Sting goes around to Horn with Rick Reed in March and early April, the next headline here will be Big Bam Vader as they did an angle on April 17th where Vader power slams Sting a few times and they had to be helped out of the ring. It's a big night in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Right. Huh? You had the, the tag titles change at the beginnings of uh, Vader Sting here. I mean, historic night in Rock Hill. So I, I love that uh, Rock Hill, like a, a big Crockett stomping ground, is still hotbed in 92. Right. <laughs> amazing all right susan last but not least gordon Soley, rest is rest in peace was taken off the wrestling news network segments and replaced with eric mannequin bischoff <laughs> Soley's only role left is doing a localized promos for the florida cities well i'm very upset that that pale mannequin bastard replaced me on the wnn segments i'm going to beat him to a pulp so hard that he's going to be wearing the crimson mask uh, Gordon Soley, rest bless his heart. Um, that I mean, that's a pretty sad demotion. He's just localized the Florida at this point. Also, is that is that uh, uh, Dave editorializing there by calling him mannequin? Yeah. Classic <laughs> yeah. Dave, classic Dave uh, Burn right well, there. Well, just Eric remember, junk, 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 yeah, junk food dog. Junk remember food that dog. Was, yeah, junk yeah, food yeah. dog. Yeah, that's Dave Meltzer for you. Anyway, another rousing edition of insightful Meltzer notes and. Uh, <laughs> We will continue that on the next episode, as always. So we're going to jump right into Super Brawl 229, 1992, uh, from the Milwaukee Theater at the Mecca in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The attendance, 5,000. Tony Schiavone and Eric Bischoff open up and introduce us to the show and discuss the WCW World Title match for a bit. Missy Hyde is backstage to tell us that she will be around all night backstage. Um, Commentary is Jim Ross and Jesse Ventura. (laughs) Jesse out on a motorcycle. They run down the card, and on the main event, uh, Jesse kind of shits on Luger for being an absent champion. So that's kind of the rundown how they open the whole show. Uh, so the first match up, um, and I'll just, and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to bullet point some of the non-alliance members matches, and then I'll um, just go around Robin because I know all of us have watched this show at some point. 
Um, so I'll just go around and ask a person on each match their thoughts, if they remember the match or any additional thoughts on that match before we get to our main matches. So up first, a pretty well-known match here. Um, Shiflet, I'll go to you first since you just came back. It is for the uh, WCW Light Heavyweight Championship. It is Jushin Thunder Liger versus Flying Brian Pillman. Liger misses a splash and Pillman rolls him up with um, the creative pin where he does the little roll up um, with the legs and uh, kind of rolls backwards and pins him. Uh, Pillman uh, wins the title back in 16 minutes and 57 seconds. Way ahead of its time. Uh, for me, I remember this vividly. It was an easy four-star match. So I don't know, Shiflet, any memories of this match when you watched it? Yeah, I remember growing up and hearing about it. And I um, I watched it, I think, on YouTube like 10 or 15 years ago for the first time. And was blown away. Like, even even then, um, you know, and wrestling's came so far. But this was one of, like, the... Uh, the matches that everyone loves and I could see why they loved it. I mean, I'm a big Brian Pillman fan and hearing him talk about, they, they talked about it in his book. Um, you could tell, like, it sounds like they had even better matches like at the Omni and stuff around Christmas time. So um, I just wish, you know, we, uh, that they went further with light heavyweight division than they do. Yep. Uh, pretty well-known match here. So, um, Definite banger. So anyone that hasn't seen this match, probably one of the best WCW openers. Um, and I'll, I mean, there's been a lot of great WCW owner, uh, openers, but this is probably one of the all-timers, especially for that time frame. All right, the second match, <laughs> maybe not so great. Marcus Alexander Bagwell versus Terry Taylor. Now this Ugh. one, Jake, I'm going to go to you because I know in the group chat we were having some fun with this one. Uh, Bagwell uh, wins in seven minutes and 38 seconds. I went maybe one star. Uh, Taylor, as the Million Dollar Man, complete the same outfit, was pretty funny. And uh, I'll let Jake say the guy's name, but the poor schmuck uh, won a contest to do the ring announcements. He looked like the current ring announcer at GCW yes. uh, <laughs> when he was home when he was homeless and malnourished. And the guy was standing in his Apollo Creed boxers in the middle of the ring, and it was booed very, very badly. So Jake, any I, thoughts on this? <laughs> I like that they don't even acknowledge, like, or give us any reason why he's wearing the fucking shorts, do they? Like, <laughs> like he's just no, they don't. I he's guess, just like, hey, contest one. I think he's what Barry Abrams was that his name? I think from CS from Syracuse, Syracuse uh, <laughs> University. So uh, yep. yeah, I don't know if it was like a Syracuse thing is why he had the shorts on, but uh, they did not give him the uh, best match on the card. I'll tell you that much. They uh, they made sure to give him like. The shittiest of the shit matches. Uh, Bagwell's so bad at this point. He's like, he reminds me of, from doing PTV NXT, you know, I've seen a lot of these early NXT people. And, like, he has that same vibe to him where he looks lost a lot. And, like, he might hit a few things that look nice, but he really can't piece anything together. And, yeah, so his matches are kind of kind of bad. Yeah, and, you know, Terry Taylor is the million-dollar man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this is pretty bad. Mm. Pretty, pretty bad. That poor... And the crowd just boos the poor guy mercilessly as he does the ring announcing. Although I was pretty impressed because the guy did a pretty good job on the ring announcing. I was like, man, he sounded pretty good for not really, you know, knowing what he's doing. But anyway, um, so, yeah, not a great match. And then, oh, here's a great one. Our third match, Cactus Jack versus Ron Simmons. And the downfall of Ron Simmons on our watch here continues. Uh, Simmons wins with a power slam. Abdullah the Butcher runs out and he's been and he, he turns heel again. Beat and him and Cactus beat up on Simmons. And JYD returns and makes the save. And uh man, what a fall for Simmons. Uh this match was probably right one and three quarters. Uh Souza, any thoughts on a return of the junk food dog and uh Abdullah, our favorite, uh turning heel yet again. 
so uh, I have I've seen this pay per view a couple times at this point, and every, every time I watch this pay per view, I fast forward everything in between uh, Brian Pillman versus Jushin Liger and the matches we're going to talk about tonight. So there you go. All right, so not much to say about that one. I'm a little disappointed because I know you're a big Abdullah fan and you're a big JYD fan. It, it oh just, yeah, I mean we talked about JYD. I'm sorry, <laughs> jumping in. We talked about JYD coming back last episode, and for him to actually be back is just upsetting. And for Ron Simmons, who was one of the top baby faces, to be like shunted down in this, it's just like a fall from grace. It's like who, like why did he piss off Dusty? Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's probably. I mean, it's irrelevant because come August, it doesn't really make a difference. Come August of 92. That's is, true. Yeah. yeah. You know, the other upsetting thing is Junkyard Dog should never shave his mustache off because that's even more disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> he should never, and he should never wear a white tuxedo ever again. Well, like I, I said it on the last ep- I said it on the last episode. He sucked when he was in the NWA in 1990. So let's bring him back in 92. Oh, yeah. Makes perfect oh. sense. In the last episode, I did not mention JYD, uh, charter member of the Dudes with Attitudes. <laughs> Right, yeah. Yes. Right, with Arn Anderson, El Gigante, who could forget? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, oh, Logan, I saved a great banger for you here. I know, I was uh, saying fuck you uh, in my head when uh, I saw what the next well, match was. Well, <laughs> it was kind of an opportunity to get get you in with some Nash. Uh, Vinny Vegas <laughs> and Ricky Morton versus Tom Zink <laughs> and Van Hammer. Um, I wrote, what a random set of teams. Vegas has been with Hughes, but guess um, that is done. Morton just kind of there. Zank is getting ready to team with Bagwell for a feud for the U.S. titles, like I talked about. Uh, Vegas actually looked pretty good in this, but the match is awful. Uh, should never been on pay-per-view. Um, any thoughts on this, Logan? Me and old Richie Morton had to uh, carry these slugs to a good contest. Uh, we couldn't quite pull it off, but I mean, uh, we did our best. I was hoping they were going to make like a teaming up with the vanilla midget comment as Nash would have been really great. I, I called him Richie, so I mean. <laughs> All right. Okay. I think All we right. need the Vinny Vegas voice, though. So, yeah. Um, can we get I can't quite do that one very well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last but not least, um, the, the final match. Uh, that we won't go to detail. Well, I might go a little detail on the main event of the night was Lex oh. Luger versus Sting for the world title. Uh, my God, Luger is super bloated and roided up. He can hardly move. Um, he's officially done after this match. Now, some of the highlights of this um, is Jr. The commentary. Jr. Questions how a guy bulks up this much in 30 days. Uh, and there's a lot of great digs that you wouldn't catch at the time. Uh, match was really, really bad. Too long. 13 minutes. Super lame ending with a body press for Sting, um, getting the three count. Uh, Luger just stands up at the end, puts his hands on his hips, and walks out, never to be seen again until September of 1995 when he actually walks out with his hands on his hips the same way he left, which is amazing. <laughs> uh, Some great Sting, continuity. It really is. I, I, really, I thought that was amazing. He walked out the same way he came back in. I'm so. sure I'm sure that was all Luger's It plan. wasn't, but it's really, really funny. That's how it worked out. So, uh, only if he had the poofy shirt. Only He did not have the poofy shirt, but he had poofy pecs walking out of this one because he's fucking <laughs> roided out of it. He's roided <laughs> out of his mind. Um, so anybody, any thoughts on this? This is a pretty famous one. Just oh, please pick me, Souza. God, I hate that fucking match with every fiber of my being. It's look, it, it's 
It's not the worst match of all time by any stretch, but on my personal list, it's like one of it's like maybe a top five least favorite match for me all time. Like it's up there with like the Lawlers versus Coles and the Takers versus Shanes. I fucking hate that match so much. Luger's such a lazy asshole during that match. It's terrible. Uh, if you want to hear more of my thoughts on it, I go on a whole ass rant on a, an old podcast called Jenny and the Gems on the Place to Be Nation wrestling feed, where we covered that match because it was a part of the WCW All Nighter, where I went into uh, great detail about just how much I hate that pile of garbage. Yeah, noted Lex Luger fan Matt Souza. <laughs> <laughs> Well, especially in the look, I I can tolerate 80s and you know like 1990 Lex Luger, but this era he can get straight to hell. He sucks. All right, <laughs> All right. so that was the, that was the that was the rest of the card of the show, and so now we're gonna get into our three matches with the Dangerous Alliance, which quite honestly, or um, with the exception of the opener of the light heavyweight division, uh, is probably the most well known matches of the card. So our first one was match number five of the night. It is Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes versus Steve Austin and Larry. Um, I thought it was a little weird to have Austin in a tag team match, but um, the, instead of defending the TV title, but we'll get into it anyway. So prior to the match, Tony and Eric recapped the hand crushing incident, and Eric says he could literally hear Barry's bones crunching um, as he was doing the interview by the car. And I wrote, go fuck yourself, Eric, when he said that, because that was just stupid. <laughs> um, Medusa's here after being MIA in our entire last episode, and I think we discovered that was because of a hernia um, in the Medusa notes. Um, okay, so like every episode, when Medusa comes out, I always come up with a theme of what she looks like. Um, any So, Logan, did you have a theory on what Medusa looks like when she comes out tonight? I, I, I did not. I know she had green on, but I, I can't remember much else about it. All right. Susan, what about you? Uh, I said she was uh, wearing a similar dress to uh, Tina Carlisle, a.k.a. Cameron Diaz from The Mask. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, that's almost too nice, though. Um, well, I'll just go fuck myself. No, 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 no. I mean, typically we shit on her. That's why, but it's nice. Uh, Susa, what about you? I'm sorry. Uh, that was no, me. No, Schiff. I thought she looked nice. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't hate, I don't hate her like Logan does. So. All right. All right. Uh, Jake, I, I assume you don't know the theme that we do that. So you, you probably didn't have anything to say, but uh, she looked nice. Oh, I do, but. Uh, JR, look, JR was feeling it. He wants yeah. to see Medusa and Missy. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get into that. Oh, but... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would have also accepted Vanna White as an right. answer. What about, yeah, yeah. what about redneck Tinkerbell trying to pick up a man at the roadhouse? That's nope, what that, I wrote. Nope, didn't didn't see that. <laughs> well, she's she looks like, that's what she looks like, the green redneck Tinkerbell. Sean, were you, were you looking at my notes? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Redneck Tinkerbell. Uh, Larry uh, was leading. So she was leading. And uh, anyway, so Austin should be defending the title here, like I said. Uh, I also thought they should have done the blow off on singles with Barry and Larry here. And they should have just done dust, done Dustin versus Austin for the TV title again. Um, but I think they did the tag team match because I think all of us know that Larry probably would have shit the bed in a singles match. Would we all agree on that? Yeah, probably. Oh. Especially if it's as long as this match is, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to get to that. So Barry and Dustin just look like a fucking Hoss team when they come down. Jesse goes right in on Medusa's chest, um, looking great. Um, nope, the, minute, the minute she walks out, Jerry just, <laughs> just immediately goes after the chest. All four fight and faces beat the hell out of the heels. Barry leaping down from the ramp, the guardrail with Larry head first. The crowd loves Barry as they chant his name. Larry eats shit on a barrier reversal on a pile driver on the ramp. 
Uh, then he takes two lariats and a DDT. Wyndham misses a lariat and goes over the top as he takes a shit-kicking um, as a face in peril. Jesse then cuts on Oklahoma football, which clearly pisses JR off right out of the gate. Barry finally gets the tag. Eventually, all four in the ring. Um, Barry and Larry go outside to the ramp. Austin hits Dustin with a clothesline that turns him inside out. Dustin then plays face in peril again, taking the shit-kicking. Dustin gets clobbered with another clothesline on a ramp while going after Medusa. Um, I think the Alliance does a really nice job on the tag work, keeping Dustin away from Barry. Eventually, Barry gets the hot tag, all four men. <clears throat> Dustin and Austin go outside. Barry goes for a superplex. Um, but uh, Larry pushes him off and stands on a top rope. But Dustin from behind mm-hmm. knocks him off. And then Barry goes to the top rope, does the flying lariat for three. I love the ending. This was a good old school kind of Crockett style tag match. I thought it was a little too long and slow at times. Um, because we didn't need two clear face and peril spots, which seemed overkill. But as far as solid grudge match, I enjoyed it. Wyndham and Dustin to me are stars at this point for me. Um, a great tag team. Larry, Larry is clearly becoming the weakest link in the Dangerous Alliance. And Austin still, I don't think it's fully caught fire for me yet. I went three and a quarter, super, super long, 18 minutes and 25 seconds. So, Susa, I'm going to go to you first. What do you think of this match? Yeah, uh, a, a lot of my thoughts are uh, pretty similar to yours. Uh, I, I went a skosh higher. I went three and a half on it. Uh, f- for me, the major problem I had, oh, I say a major problem. The problem I had with this is that I felt like it should have been more of a brawl, uh, given the heat between Larry and Wyndham. And I mean, they started out that way. But I think for me, it kind of lost something when it turned into more of like, like you said, that Crockett style tag match. I think it kind of lost something uh, for me. And I, I thought it was too long, too. Like, I think if you cut five minutes off of this, have it be a little more energetic and a little more of a brawl. Like, I, I think this would have uh, worked better for me. But as is, it was still a really good uh, Crockett style tag match. Like you said, the heat segments, even though, you know, there was two of them, which I don't think you necessarily needed. I did think both of them were uh, were uh, pretty good. Uh, uh, Rhodes ate uh, three sick lariats from Austin, where he yes. spins, where he spins around like a top. I thought uh, Dustin did a great job selling all those. Uh, the hot tag to Wyndham, I thought was great. Uh, I did think the finish kind of came out of nowhere too, but uh, I did like the finish. Uh, Larry gets pinned, which again, like I mentioned on the last episode, uh, Larry should have been eating these pins the entire time, Sean. The entire time. That's why he's there. But uh, a, a real good match, but I think just a notch uh, below great. So uh, three and a half for me. All right. I went three and a quarter. <clears throat> uh, Susa's three and a half. Uh, Schiff, how about you? We're linking up again, Sean. I went three and a quarter as well. It, it was just a fun match. Um, you really see how great the chemistry is with Austin and Dustin in here. It, it's just insane how great they are. Um I did like how at the beginning Barry was just beating the hell out of Larry. Like he hit like a sick DDT, a gut wrench slam to him as well. Um, I will say that Larry looked like a luchador uh, versus wait, Barry wait, and wait, Dustin. What? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like just like just like height wise. Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm like. I'm no, like, Larry, Larry do a Hurricanrana or something like that. No springboards from Larry, though. More just 450 his, his splash height. from Larry Zabisco. You, you missed the 630 that uh, Larry hit. Oh, the Phoenix splash. I meant just, like, height-wise. I, I get you. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> Larry, Larry pulling out whispering Larry wins. The XYZ. I'm literally by Larry Zabisco. I don't know. What are we doing? Does a tope suicida. Um... <laughs> 
Tuesday. Two days. Jesus, God. <laughs> That's the best thing you've ever said. Sorry, Chip. Go ahead. No, it's fine. I, I did like that Barry was the one that uh, got the pin at the end, hopefully settling this feud. Um, but yeah, it was it was a fun match. I'm glad it was a tag and not just a one-on-one. If it was one-on-one, it should have just been like Barry beating him from pillar to post. All right. Um, all right. So uh, she threw me off with the Larry Luke work. <laughs> 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 that, that is definitely one I did not see coming. Uh, Logan, how about you? Yeah, I went three and a quarter as well. Uh, I made the note of Jesse saying that Medusa uh, had been to the gym a lot lately because her chests look great. Um, I love the chaotic nature of the beginning of this one. Um, I love when I, I win them through Austin into his own corner so Larry could tag in so he could beat the crap out of Larry. Um, it's finally good to see the Alliance uh, members get some offense in before kind of the closing stretch of the match. It's good to see that. Um Wyndham like fell backwards to get the tag to uh, Rhodes. I thought that was a hell of a spot. Um, and uh, like uh, Souza said, I think uh, Austin hits uh, a few clotheslines on Dustin throughout the match that are super brutal, and Rhodes sells them really well. Um, Wyndham's really good hot tag there at the end, and uh, I thought it was a really good match that made all the combatants in it look good, uh, but it might have been a touch too long, kind of like all of you said so far, too. All right. Um Excellent. And Jake, last but not least, what'd you think? Yeah, Larry bumps his ass off in this match. I thought at first maybe that's what Schiff was talking about. Like he's taking a backdrop <laughs> on the ramp. He goes off the off the ramp onto the guardrail. Like uh, hats off to Larry because he was uh he just killed himself out there. The fire from Barry and Dustin is awesome. They look like a, a great hot, like just two big fucking Texans uh, rolling these guys around, which the beginning I thought was exactly what you wanted. But like everybody said, I agree. Like a little bit, the double heat sequence was, I get maybe, you know, and it's something you guys have covered on the pod is like, they're so reliant on the formula. And even in a match like this, like they have to go to the, not only just like have a quick heat segment on one face, but like double, like two face and peril sequences. Like they have to do it. And I, I'm with y'all. I thought it should have been a little bit. They had the intensity, but I felt it should have been quicker and maybe a little bit more chaotic, given that it was supposed to be like this big blow off grudge match thing. So I'm with you. Still with three and a half on it. And the other thing that stood out to me is you're starting to see uh, like the awkwardness of Jesse and Jr. Like Jr. Oh, is just mm, like yeah. like WCW Jr. is just is like way too straight laced and like has a stick up his ass to really play off of Jesse because like. That's what I, I said it earlier, but like Jesse said, they go like, "Oh yeah, Medusa, look at that chest." And uh, he says, uh, "Well, what about what if we put them in a uh, in a uh, tag match?" And he goes, "Yes, I would like to see that. Yes, sir." Like it's just, he's so he's so straightforward about it. It's just kind of awkward, but and I think this is where um, they get back into the whole thing about Rice University again. And like Jr. doesn't know <laughs> what to say. Like uh, yeah, Rice hasn't won shit on huh, Jr. And then. I don't know if it's in this match or later or whatever. He says the thing about uh, they say the Oklahoma players have to take a pay cut. Yeah, they, 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 the hate, they, hate, they hate each other. It's very clear. Right. <laughs> yeah. So sure. it's like, yeah, it's JR is like too stiff for him. But yeah, I'm, I echo most of you guys thought still very good. But I thought, you know, maybe cut a little bit of that slow down. Um, with, uh, you know, the long like where Austin's working them over. And it's not like Austin and Larry are like the creme de la creme of like working people over as face and barrel. So yeah, three and a half still good, but I do think they left a little on the table. Yeah. I, and again, I'm going to say one more thing about Barry Wyndham. I'm, I'm a huge Wyndham mark and 
86-87 Wyndham and 92 Wyndham. I mean, it's he's amazing. He's probably one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's freaking mm-hmm. fire for sure. So, all right. So, what was the total uh, on that match for everyone, Logan, combined? Uh, 3.35. 3.35. So, sounds about right. All right. So, then we get Tony and Eric are together after the match. Eric is in a Michigan jacket to support the Steiners. They go to Missy in the back to interview Steamboat. She bumps into the Ninja who takes him to the dressing room, and we see Ricky meditating, and Ninja immediately slams the door, mumbling, go, go. Medusa comes around the corner and acts all horny for the Ninja. Uh, she speaks Japanese. She wants to see Ricky. Ninja says, no steamboat. Then she offers him sushi, and Medusa gets angry and smacks the Ninja, and he waddles, chases her down the hall. Um, okay, so in, in retro, guys, pretty clear here, it's Heyman under their Ninja outfit. One, based on the, the way he speaks, and Two, based on the waddle as he chases her. So, Susan, any thoughts as you on this backstage segment? Yeah, I mean, look, at hindsight being twenty twenty, it's pretty easy to see that it's Heyman. But, I mean, they did. I feel like they did do a decent enough job trying to cover it up. Like, they had him wear eye black underneath the mask, so you couldn't see his eyes or anything like that. I mean, they could have probably done better. Like, I don't know, throw his voice into the Black Scorpion voice box thing or something, disguise his voice. But, I don't know, I think I think it's, it's tough to look at this in hindsight, knowing that it was, in fact, Heyman under the mask. And uh, uh, also, uh, Steamboat quite literally playing with fire backstage, which is something interesting, so... Uh, uh, Schiff, I kind of liked uh, Medusa saying ninja and kind of being kind of horny for him. How about you? <laughs> uh, that was something like, God, like uh, bad acting. I mean, Paul would get better, obviously, as he's still doing it 30 years later. But that was like some Cinemax 1130 acting right there. Yep. Logan, how about you? Any thoughts? Medusa being involved in a segment with bad acting, you don't say. Hmm. And Jake, how about you? Any thoughts on this segment? Yeah, it just what struck me is that this is like WCW because wasn't rude. Well, was rude. He was the Phantom, but I mean, like anytime they have to uh, like hide somebody, they're always just like dressed in a black robe or something. Like budgets were tight, Jake. I mean. <laughs> hey, hey, but maybe this is why the Ninja had been pudgy in the last few weeks because they were trying to make it look more like Heyman. So. Well, I tried, mm. well, tried to figure out who were the actual ninjas leading up to this. It's it clearly wasn't Heyman. Mike Graham. Like paying Johnny be bad. One hundred fifty six. I, I was. You know what? A little bit of money. I'm going to go out on a limb and say they made Doug Dillinger the ninja leading up to this. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> the body. The body build seems accurate, right? <laughs> Doug Dillinger. Yeah. yeah. It, it was going to be. It was going to be Dick Slater, but they uh, decided to end right. up bringing him in. So. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So our next match, uh, tag team titles. Um, pretty. They've done this. Pretty, build this up pretty well. So I was actually. I remember at the time looking forward to this match. The Steiner brothers versus Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton. So Heyman um, is with the champs. Uh, so what's interesting is it was clear that the segment we watched right before this was obviously taped because it was Heyman in the segment before. So they obviously take that earlier in the day. So Heyman's out here live with the champs. Uh, Paul has now been barred by Kip Fry. So Paul throws a fit. So obviously they had to bar him from ringside so he could run to the back to get back into the ninja outfit for our next uh match which we'll talk about when we get to that jesse rants on politics and demands an investigation on university of michigan because someone as stupid as rick in no way could make it <laughs> college which is great yeah him dunking, <laughs> him dunking on michigan the whole time is awesome yeah that was mm-hmm. great um the the a little slower pace start until bobby goes to the top and gets caught with a belly to belly by scott 
Jesse calls the Steiners super stupid. Uh, Rick and Arn comedy spot was pretty great with Rick toying with Arn on that and then killing him with a power slam and the crowd barks. Jar mentions Fry going to Japan to talk to more stars there, including Gordy and Williams. Um, and he sprays his pants thinking about them facing either of these teams. Uh, Scott reversed it out of a double elbow lock by both heels and Rick off the rope with a double uh, Steiner line, sending both over the top where the crowd lost its absolute shit. Scott does a tilt the world suplex to Bobby on the ramp. Steiner's hit Bobby with a doomsday device with Bobby on Rick's shoulders and Scott jumping from the middle uh, off the top middle rope in the corner for mid ring. I mean, this is just batshit stuff they're doing at the time. Rick goes for a second bull, uh, rope bulldog on arm, but Bobby pushes arm aside and knees Rick in the nuts. Uh, stereo suplexes, as Jair calls it, by uh, cause it, uh, cause it. Uh, but Rick is worked over by the heels until Rick hits a Steiner line to arm when he jumps off second rope. Scott comes in, arm for his Scott's head into Bobby's head to gain an advantage, which I thought was really, really awesome. Great tag team, just great, great use of uh, his tag team partners because he had to sacrifice to get the edge. I thought was really good. Um, and really, really rem reminiscent of the Andersons because they used to do that shit all the time in Crockett. Bobby gets the top rope knee, drops to Scott, DDT by Arn, rocket launcher on Scott onto the ramp, um, which was a really great Midnight Express spot. I thought that was really cool. Uh, JR, um, JR called the execution suspect, which I thought was really odd. Uh, Rick finally gets the tag. There's a double Steiner line. Arn puts Rick on the shoulders. Bobby up top, and Rick catches him in a belly-to-belly -belly as he jumps at him. Rick does the top rope bulldog to Arn, all four in the ring. Um, Arn throws powder in Rick's eyes. Arn throws ref at Rick, and um, he gets belly to belly. Um, poor ref. And then Scott Frankensteiner to Bobby, another ref out, and counts three. Rick and Arn are the legal men. JR says we may have some problems here. Then there's three refs out. The Steiners are DQ for the suplex on the ref. Crowd is super hot. This was a good old-fashioned dusty finish. Um, I actually liked the ending. That didn't bug me too much. I think it keeps both teams strong, and I thought it played out well. Um, I I thought it was great. The Steiners, for me, are just next level 92. This was on its way to be four stars, but unfortunately for the dusty finish, even though I didn't mind it to keep them hot, um, I went three and a quarter stars. Um, 20 minutes, but really, really, really great match. And Schiff, I will go to you first. Yeah, uh, Jesse just dunking on Michigan is awesome. I, I love that. I will say um, Arn was trying to jump over Rick, and Rick caught him with the power slam. was very sweet at the start of the match. Um, they do drop a mention of Gordy and Williams in this mm -hmm. match, so they're definitely coming in. Um, JR throwing shots at Jesse with uh, Jesse calling Kip Allen Fry a dictator. JR said, isn't that what a mayor is? And I was like, damn! <laughs> Jesse, was, Jesse was the mayor of some small town at the time. Um, Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Scotland Jesus. Tilt the world. That was amazing. Um, sorry, threw me off. Damn, Logan. Um, got hit a tilt world on the ramp on Bobby, which I really liked. And uh, the reason why I said the rocket launcher didn't really get all the way was because Bobby banged his knees on the ramp before he got to Scott, Sean. Mm -hmm. And like it looked like it hurt because he immediately is like, oh, shit. Um, I did like how uh, Rick was the uh, the hot tag. And uh, then they just got stupid. Like, Arn threw the powder in Rick's face. Rick suplexes the ref. I will say Scott hitting the, the Frankensteiner was amazing. And then Nick Patrick, who's been on the take since obviously 1992, comes in and DQs the Steiners. 
I had this a four star match. I um, dropped it down to three and a half. Well, you went you oh you dropped it all the way to three and a half. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So, so did you mean to say three and three quarters? You said three and a quarter, Sean. I went three and three quarters. Okay. You said three and a quarter when you said I meant, no, no, no. I meant three and okay. three quarters. Sorry. All right. I just wanted to make sure before we got too far and I was like, uh. No, no. Sorry. Three and three quarters. All right. Um, Souza. Yeah. Uh, I fucking love this match, even with this stupid ass finish, which I'll get to. Uh, just so many great spots in this. The Steiners are just on fucking fire during this stretch. And I said it on the last episode. I'll say it again here. They've been such a welcome addition to this Dangerous Alliance thing. They just add so much. Just being a part of this, like a tag match like this, it's just, it's so cool to see. You get all kinds of suplexes. Uh, The DDT by Arn was sick. The rocket launcher to Scott on the ramp I thought was great. Uh, And then uh, I think there was also uh, the uh, Tilt-A-Whirl Slam on the ramp i think that was to eat and that was great too just uh, god i love watching the steiners do their thing they're so entertaining and then you get to the stupid ass dusty finish which god i hate these finishes so much i really do it's such a giant fuck you to everybody and i just think it it worked exactly once at starcade 85 and i think every other time they've done it since then was diminishing returns in the seven years since like if you want to do the dq finish that's fine and i feel like this is a case where a dq of just a regular dq finish would have worked you know the steiners are beating the shit out of arn and eaton arn and eaton being the heels want to keep their tag belts so they whack one of the steiners with a chair or a title belt or something i feel like that would have gotten over just as well as a uh, as this stupid ass dusty finish which i've always hated but even with that i mean i enjoyed this match so much i still went four on it even with the dusty finish which tells you how much i enjoyed it like with a regular finish uh, I'm probably like four and a quarter on this at least. So, but uh, as is, I went uh, four stars on it. Awesome match. Yeah, you know, in theory, there's no reason why they couldn't have just had the Steiners win the belts here because, you know, right or not, that it's not long until they do. I mean, spoiler, it's not long until they do. So it doesn't make a lot of sense, right. to be honest right. with you. But um, yeah, good match, even still. Uh, Jake, what'd you think? Yeah, I think that would bother me the most since we're all in the finish anyway. I would it's like I don't feel like it fit the match. Like throughout mm-hmm. this whole match, like the um I think if you are gonna do it, like they like uh, Arn and Eaton are so good at like the little heel tactics and they kinda tell this whole story that like that's how they sort of survived this whole match because the signers was beating the piss out of them, hitting all these like amazing power moves. But like they're always doing a few little things like uh there's a part where I think where Arn like gives some extra leverage to Bobby when he's got a Boston crab on, just little things like that. So they're really good about being subtle about all these details. And then they fall back on the end on like the lazy shit, like the powder and then Rick's suplex and the ref. Like he doesn't know he has just like, it just felt like too goofy. I get you want to protect both teams, but, and then I also think like either one of these teams, you could have like made a way for them to win. If you want an Arn Eaton, just have them cheat and get away with it. Or, you know, let the Steiners beat them because that's kind of who you have bigger plans for anyway. But either way, I mean, the matchup to that was awesome. The crowd heat is like, you can tell by this point, like you guys have been covered, obviously. But like just all the TV time that the Dangerous Alliance has gotten, like it's really paying off now. Because the crowd heat, and we'll see it in the in the next match too, it's mm. just off the charts here. Like the crowd heat mm-hmm. for the Steiners and against Arn Eaton is just like nuclear. And uh, yeah, it's just a great 
pairing, like because you have Arden Eaton who are so good at making the Steiners like everything they do look good, and they're also like so technically sound. You can kind of buy them getting enough an advantage here and there on the Steiners to like be competitive because they're both like crafty heels. So it's like a perfect pairing with these guys. So I went three and three quarter. Again, finish was a little a little wonky for me, but uh, it's still an awesome match. Just I don't know, hard to go wrong with these all these guys in there. All right, uh, Logan, wrap it up on this one. Um, I went three and a half with uh, shift. The ending kind of took me out a little bit uh, more than some of you guys. But, uh, man, I'm so glad the Steiners are finally getting uh, some shine in this podcast. I love seeing them toss people around. Um, Scott does a disgusting tilt-a-whirl slam on the ramp at one point. I thought that was really great. Um, there was a nasty catch atomic drop that Eaton hit at one point. I thought that was a pretty good spot. Um, it was good to see Eaton and Arn get a, a little bit of offense for once. I feel like the, I feel like in our last episode we talked a lot about them uh, kind of looking like goobers and fools and just not not looking very good in their tag team matches. Um, and I know they say this in every Arn match, but the DDP or DDT was great. Um, they do that little thing where Rick is on the shoulders of Eaton, I think, and Arn kind of dives at him. Might maybe the other way around, but they try to do that thing where. Uh, Rick catches him and belly to bellies him mm-hmm. in midair. Uh, and I think it was probably better of an idea than it was an execution because it didn't really go how they think. I think they wanted it to. Um, but I, I thought the finishing stretch was really good, but I didn't like the reversal decision uh, thing. I think the Steiners probably should have just won the belts here. So, uh, yeah, three and a half. All right. So what's the total on that? Uh, I'm going to need Shift to do the music real oh, quick. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> the music? It's a long story. Yeah, the music. <laughs> Keep going, Jeff. Oh, my God. Push Damn it. it. <laughs> Rick, 3.7. Sorry, 3.7. All right. 3.7. Thank All you, right. Chef. Thank you, Chef. Well done. Again, I had it typed all out, and then it fucking fucked me up again, so fuck it. All right. All right. So as we we transition to our next match, we get our first promo for War Games 92, which will be in May. So that'll transition us to... It's going to be May. Our final match. (laughs) We'll transition to our final match. (laughs) Our final match that we'll talk about tonight. Ravishy Rick Rude versus Ricky Steamboat for the U.S. title. This has been built pretty well. Uh, we go to the back uh, at Steamboat's door with Missy, and he and the ninja walk out. The ninja does ninja poses as he is <laughs> guarding Ricky as they walk out. Tony and Eric bring us uh, to the match. Eric uh, is taking Steamboat. Tony takes Rude. As, apparently, he has the momentum. And I made to know clearly Tony hasn't watched the, the matches with Rude the last four months like we have because he's had zero momentum. He's been awful. Uh, there's no Medusa and there's no Polly. Crowd boos Rude, um, almost deafening, and it causes Rude to pause several times. Absolutely bonkers, amazing heat. Uh, tonight we are we are we have two things. We are we're fat, out of shape, Milwaukee meatheads, and we are also people watching couch potatoes. <laughs> um, watch yes, couch potatoes. This not his best. Not his best. I didn't, I, didn't unlike, get, I didn't get that one. Not unlike our last episode, which was his all-time best one. Uh, mm-hmm. This whole thing was absolutely awesome. Um, this, the crowd heat was just unbelievable and added to the big match feel. And I was shocked. Um, I don't remember this heat at all. And I think it's probably one of those most underrated ones I've ever seen that many people don't talk about. It was just amazing. 
Um, I remember at the time hoping this match would be better than the Rumble 88 match, which I remember was absolute ass. Um, Jesse is angry that the ninja is out here and everyone in the Dangerous Alliance has been banned, and he called <laughs> retro for us here on the pod. He called Fry a dictator and renames him Ferdinand Fry. <laughs> <laughs> Sound familiar to anybody on this show? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Genius. Call him, yeah, call him Ferdinand Fry. Uh, so the match started strong, I thought. Emboat, Steve, Emboat. Steamboat does uh, some arm drags. Yeah. He does some arm drags, but then there's a, a lame arm bar. Uh, he rams uh, Rude's shoulder. Like, for me, I felt like the match started kind of sucky for the first 10 minutes with a lot of like, Headlocks, chin locks, um, and I felt like it didn't really get going until the end. Um, and I felt like they could have cut cut this match in half. Uh, as we get to the back uh, end, Rude gets a sleeper. Uh, G- Rude gets goes up top, gets sweet kicked by Ricky, and crouches himself. There's an awesome superplex. Uh, there's an insecurity by Steamboat, and Steamboat does the worst. Um, he does one of the worst like uh, swivel hips I've ever seen in my life. Ricky Steamboat should never do swivel hips. Uh, Rick goes up the top rope. There's a chop to the head. Um, he goes to the other side, goes to the top rope. While the ref is checking on Rude, the ninja comes up on the apron with the phone, and he, he freaking nails Steamboat. Super stiff shot, um, and Steamboat falls. Um, Steamboat falls, and Rude gets to three. The crowd is furious. JR moans, it's Polly, it's Polly. Jesse says apparently Ricky didn't pay the ninja enough. Um, okay, so here's the deal. This is going to be a shit take, and I know this is going to be controversial for some of you. This match was 20 fucking minutes. 10 plus minutes of it was chin locks and sleepers. If you cut the match in half, it was probably three, three and a half for me. Uh, the last five minutes I enjoyed, and I enjoyed the ending. The selling by both men was very good. The crowd heat at the start was very good, but I still can't shake that it's Steamboat and Rude. For me, it should be better. Um, and for the last four months, Rude has been shit, and he hasn't really done much more in here to impress me in this match either. Um, and I guess my expectations are too high. I went only two and a half. And it might be a shit take, and I don't care. I'm sticking with it. Schiff, I'm going to go to you first. That should be the title of your biography. It might be a shit take, and I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it should be. Uh, God. This is going to upset me. Um, I actually went lower than you, Sean. You went lower than two and a half, huh? <laughs> yeah, wow. I went, I went two and a quarter. Um, wow. Hey, say that one more time. I went two and a quarter. Lower than me, right? Yeah, lower than you. Okay, on a Rick Rude match. On a Rick Rude match. Okay, go on. Yeah. Need it in writing? Jesus. <laughs> no, I just want to make sure it's clear. I'll, sure. I'll, get, it, I'll get it notarized and sent before, to you, Sean. Before, before he before he goes takes another shit, I want to make sure I heard it clearly. Oh my god, kayfabe, bro! <laughs> oh, you have no oh. idea. Go on. Uh, <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, I just listen to this one back, Jeff. That's all I'll say. I will say the heat for Rude was crazy. Um, Ricky was doing some nice arm drags. I did like how uh, Steamboat slammed Rude's arm into the post, and he was working said arm. And when Rude did a clothesline later. Um, with the same arm, he sold it like it hurt. But like you said, this was just chin lock and headlock city. Um, I mean, yeah, especially like I had watched like these three matches back to back to back. And I was like, okay, like, what are we doing? Especially after the hotness of the other two matches. Um, but 
like I, I even like lost track of it. Like I have Steamboat has a sleeper on Rude. I don't know how, just because I got bored with the match. Like I did like Steamboat hitting the superplex, but then he like mocked Rude, and then you know we talk about Sting being a dumb babyface. Ricky Steamboat's a pretty dumb babyface too. Like how are you not going to know the Ninja is that half man Paul Heyman or Paulie Dangerously? So I mean, the guy does need George Steele to win a match. So how dumb can he be? God, I'm done with that. Um, but yeah, two and a quarter. <laughs> All right, Susa. Uh, so I didn't go that low. Uh, uh, nowhere near that, in fact. Uh, I went three and a half on it. And Good here- Lord. Oh, Jesus God. Christ. Shut up, Alia. Let me say my thing. <laughs> uh, I didn't so, say anything. I let you... Let uh, you Schiff, you're, you're nice. You're, you're a good man, Schiff. I like you. Uh, so... <laughs> For me, what I think it ultimately came down to is I don't think I had my expectations super high going into this. Like, I wasn't expecting this to be 20 minutes of them, go- of them going balls to the wall. It's a Rick Rude match. And if you know a Rick Rude match, you know it's going to start out pretty slow. And pretty- then why not make it 10 minutes? I don't know. Why do anything? <laughs> Why is Jane kiss as hard as it gets? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But the the other thing for me, too, is, like, I thought, like, it was different than Rick Rude on a TV match. Like, that fucking match he had with PN News, where he's literally just sitting in a headlock for half of it. If this was a 10-minute match and it was all headlocks, I'd be with you. But I think the back half of it was really good. And I think that more than made up for the the slowness of the opening part of it. And like I feel like they weren't really sitting in headlocks all that long. I mean, it was it was you know ten minutes of headlocks, but they were doing stuff in it. It wasn't like he was just sitting in a headlock because he was sucking wind. Do you know what I mean? Like they were building to what the finish was. These guys weren't gonna go twenty minutes nonstop. They just weren't. So I mean. I I thought it was good. Uh, I thought the finish was uh, very meh. I'll give you that. Uh, Like, I I feel like anybody and their mother could have seen that it was uh, uh, Paul Heyman, a Paulie Dangerously, I should say, underneath the uh, the ninja mask. So, yes, Rick Root is a very dumb baby face. I'll give you that. And I also feel like none of the headlocks either were super long. So... I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed uh, the back half of the match. I I get why you wouldn't like it or why people wouldn't like it because it is a slow beginning. But for me, it kind of worked. And I thought the crowd was uh, really good in this match, too. And that probably helped, too. So maybe it was because I didn't have my expectations uh, super high for this. But uh, yes, I did go three and a half. And fuck all of you except Schiff and Jake. Like extreme three-way dance where we give three and a half star matches to shit cards. It's just like that. You're right. That's what it feels like. Maybe to you. Three and a half. Like, even in your explanation does not equate to a three and a half star match. But okay, whatever. Logan, go ahead. Do you want me to say it again? No, I don't know. I'm fucking moving on. Logan, go ahead. Yeah, you're you're right about one thing, uh, Souza. That they didn't stay in those uh, locks very long because they transitioned to another lock. <laughs> they went from headlock to arm lock, back to headlock, back to chin lock, back to arm lock, back to chin lock. Don't so forget, well, don't forget arm lock, arm, arm drag, arm lock to headlock to chin lock. So arm. I I I actually 
I actually had a score down, but I thought I was going to be the low person with the score that I had. So I'm actually going to agree with Sean and go two and a half. The crowd is all over Root at the beginning of the match. That's great. Um, this is probably a very good technically worked match that a certain sect of people that would really enjoy. Obviously, Souza is one of them. Uh, but this is just, this match is just not for me. Far too many, and I put two stars on each, each ends of this sentence. Insert name of lock here. Um, so, uh, and then do they, uh, and they, uh, do a really good swerve with the ninja at the end. Um, and I, I do think throughout the match, Rude sold the arm pretty well, uh, with the clothesline that I think Susan mentioned. Um, but yeah, just uh, this match was not for me at all. I thought it kind of stunk. Wow. All right, Jake, curious your thoughts. Tag me in, Matt. I'm with you. Three and a half. Oh, this is a good my match. God. Good man. The, listen, good man. listen, listen. So the I heat have is high the respect for Jake, this. too. This is devastating. Wow. Hold on. You, you haven't even explained anything yet. You're like, <laughs> I, I'm no, but I typically have high respect for your opinions. Or speak of J- uh, Jake Lawson. Well, that's, that's a you problem for you well, having high expectations of us. No, I have high expectations of Jake. I didn't say you. So, I, okay. Okay. <laughs> Jesse earns his keep. Wow. He's earned the paycheck in this match because he has some good ones. Like the uh, right at the beginning, he uh, I guess he did like a test of strength or, or some like power test. And uh, he says, sit in front of a bunch of candles, get your strength like that, which was a good line. Like talking about uh, Steamboat's meditation at the beginning. And then later, like they're getting to the climax of his matches. All of a sudden he said something about it. He's like, well, you know, women from Milwaukee are known for being fat. <laughs> so Milwaukee is known for fat women, which is like so out of left field. But um, no, I think it's, I, I get the rude stuff, but I'm not like the biggest Rick Rude person, but I think he and Steamboat just have this chemistry that works. And I think it's because, especially like in this match, the heat is so off the charts that like, I don't think you feel the rude slowness as much because it feels like they're building, like he's building the heat with the crowd. And because it's Steamboat, Steamboat's like comebacks, I think like are, are really well done. Like he's just one of those guys that has like innate ability to like time his comebacks really well. And I think you see that in this match. I'm with Matt. I don't think the the only time the the headlocks and stuff got to me was towards the end where it felt like they were laying him a bit. Like, mm-hmm. like at first when he did the headlock camel clutch, I was like, okay, they're both spent. So they're kind of laying in a hole. Like in the match, they're both supposed to be exhausted. But then they kind of won too many. Um, but there's some good spots throughout this. Like uh, I like the hammerlock slam Steamboat does when he's working the arm. That was pretty sick. Root hits a nice pile driver. So there were some good spots in between this. Like, I don't know. I, when I was watching it, it didn't feel like all headlocks to me. And again, I think it. I, I will say I think it moves slow, but I think that works better when you have the crowd so hot for the heel. I think it can work slow a little bit better because it feels like they're building more to it. Um, like uh, I liked Rude flexing with the one arm uh, to piss the crowd off too. Uh, and I don't know something about these guys, just like the chemistry, right? Like, and I think them both being chiseled out of stone helps too, because it just feels like these two, like, you know, brick shit house guys, like beating the piss out of each other. So again, this is why the it being slow is okay for me. I thought the cutoff at the end of the jawbreaker was good. They both just play the heel and face roles like super well in this. Like I said, every time Rude's getting some momentum, Steamboat hits a spot, gets the crowd back into him. The superplex at the end I thought was really awesome. That was a sick superplex. Like, I guess what I'm saying is like there's slower spots in between, but there's always, they hit a nice big spot. Like I said, they had the power 
pile driver, the hammerlock slam, the superplex at the end was awesome. They sell the exhaustion super well. Like you really feel by the end, like they've been going for a while. So again, I don't think it's like some all time classic like they would have later, but uh, this one I thought was kind of like a, a great value version of that later match, which is still pretty good for me. So I'm more with Matt. It did. I, I did think it was a bit slow, but the, they did not grade on me with the chin locks and the, I don't know. I just wasn't, I, I thought they were all okay, except for maybe that spot at the end where I felt like they were going back to it a little bit too much. And I just kind of chalked the finish up after watching throughout this whole show. Like, obviously I'm not done with the dangerous Alliance and it felt very much like a setup show because everything is just kind of like, they don't want to do anything definitive. So it, it just feels like they're punting to the, to keep this going. So three and a half for me. You know, I always knew Jake was my favorite and that just proved it. That that might be the well, I haven't disagreed. I've never with heard Jake. such tra- Go ahead, Logan. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I've never heard I've never heard such trash opinions from such beautiful. People. I I have not disagreed <laughs> with Jake more since the uh, episode that he ranked the Kazarian match higher than he should have watched the Impact Zone. <laughs> Always comes back to Kazarian. Jake and Souza, I respect y'all's opinions. Oh, shut thank up, you, Chef. Oh, what a bunch not- of, what a crock of shit. Thank you, fucking Panama sunrises. But no, I won't. No, you, no. Can't get, you can't get into our good graces no. now, Chef. No, what I will say is this might be the most debated, like guardrail to guardrail rating match we've what? ever done. Sean, what did Meltzer go on this? Uh, I would have to. No, no, I think I have to. I think it's on the next set of uh, episodes where I haven't looked it up yet, to be honest with you. So. is the total for. I hope it's four and I hope he goes like four and a half on. There's no way. Just out of sheer spite. And and by the way, I have never seen uh, the next match that you are referencing, Jake. And based on it being a 30 minute Iron Man match, based on what I saw here, there's no chance in hell I'll ever want to watch it. No. Oh, so so you've made up your mind already. That sounds like a vice to me. They had it. They had a shit match at the Rumble '88. They have a shit match here. The last thing I want to do is see Hmm. them wrestle 30 fucking minutes. That sounds like Hmm. a bias to me, you guys. Well, I mean, unconscious bias. It's not Mm. unconscious. I just listen. We had no. It's a very conscious bias. Listen, you have shit. I I, I have have a rude bias. I won't lie to you. He sucks. He, He sucked this whole entire pod. But somebody could suck, but if they're in there with the right person, like hey, you, hey, even hey. Schiff, who loves Rude. Okay, you no. hate Sting. Sting's about to have these classics with but Vader. I can, but I can I mean, say I like Sting with Vader. Rude what, has what, never had a good match with Steamboat, ever. Outside of the match that you are talking about, Jake, what Rick Rude match would you guide me to, is what I'll say. Right, oh, but, but that's what I'm saying. That's my point, is that, you, like, it could be somebody you think is generally not good, but they might just have, like, one person that they work well with, and I just think that these two kind of gel better than the average Rick Rude match. The only other man I can think Rude's actually had good matches with, which makes zero bit of sense to me whatsoever, is the Ultimate Warrior. But that's because the Ultimate Warrior is awesome. Which is insane, though, to think about. Like, how do you have a great match with the Warrior, but you can't have a good match with Ricky Steamboat? You know, if Larry Zabisco was in this match, Sean would have gone four. No, that's not true. I I won't say what Meltzer went on this, but it's closer to me and you, Sean, so we're good. Of course, because it's it's a shit match. Just saying. All right. If Meltzer would have went high, if he would have went high, he said, "So I'll see you with Meltzer." Then again, Meltzer. I mean, I can't. I can't go by Meltzer. Nerds. Because his his notes are awful, so I can't really go by what else to <laughs> think, to be honest with you. Um, 
Matt, listen, Matt and Jake, I respect your opinion. It's not right for me I, to. I, I respect your opinion. I, I, yeah, I respect your opinion. Beautiful. Wrong, but I respect it. I've moved on. Mm. You people watching couch potatoes. <laughs> what was you the one su- on the last episode? You, you suck pigs or whatever he called you on the last one. I, I can't. I, I got now. I got to look it up because it was just too fucking good. What was it? Fuck. It oh, had some hang on. Here you are. Uh, Sleazy, sloppy, snaggle to suckfish. Right. <laughs> More like Sean Fish. Mm. I wasn't the only one that hated this mess, Susan. Don't hate. Hate what? You're hating on me. You're hating on me because I hated the match. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm, I'm so angry right now. It's Whatever. Uh, you're being a condescending dickhead now. All right. We're that's that's kind of my gimmick. <laughs> All right. All right. So um, after the match, uh, Missy Hyatt goes to the back to Ruth's dressing room, which is open. The Alliance all there, and clearly Polly is there in the ninja outfit as they all push her out as Polly hides his face. Uh, JR says he was right. And Jesse sarcastically calls JR brilliant, and it's very obvious that these two hated each other in this interaction. So, yes, Jesse, it's clear that Polly is the ninja, and I love Jesse here just basically calling JR brilliant, and I love the fact that moving forward, these two will hate each other. I think we're in for a good ride with these two. So um, we're going to go right to the press conference, and then we'll do our overall thoughts, and then we'll wrap it up. So we go to the press conference um, after the show. And the press is interviewing Sting about running the world title. And Rude shows up with the rest of the alliance who are all in tuxes. Rude says no one has more reason to celebrate than them as Sting is the new world champion. Rude is still a U.S. champ and he's the number one contender. Polly pours drinks and Rude proposes a toast. And Paul um, and Polly calls Rude a gentleman. Rude makes a toast to Sting, the world champion, to himself. Uh, the man who will own the world champion. Sting says he ain't toasting. Rude says he wins the world title and he's too good to drink with him and says he will drink with him when he tells it to and he throws the drink in Sting's face. Uh, the fight's on and they don't hold back because they're clearly going at it. Larry clearly yelling, Mr. Big Shot at Sting pots me very large. <laughs> uh, uh, Matt, can you do a quick Mr. Big Shot for me? Because I needed to hear this. <laughs> Mr. Big Shot. Yeah, it was so great. Uh, Sting gets the advantage of the Alliance attack him and then out of nowhere comes the key to Koloff who sickles people. And I know when I join in a normal fight, I just start sickling people. <laughs> um, and then security breaks it up. Uh, this was really good shit with a great surprise. They run by Nikita, um, who we last saw feuding with Sting. And we announced on our last episode that uh, Nikita had signed a new contract. So um, I thought the pr- press conference was a good kind of uh, uh, bookend to the pay-per-view. So uh, moving forward, there'll be this whole angle around Nikita and is he a face? Why does he want to attack, come back and side with Sting? But I thought this was a nice ending to this. So, uh, Souza, what did you think about the uh, press conference uh, to end us here at Super Brawl? Yeah, I thought this was pretty well done. I mean, given all the history between Sting and Rude dating back to 1991, it makes sense that Rude is going to go after Sting now, now that Sting is uh, the world champion. So it, it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, that's a show, that's a, a feud you can run on. And all kinds of house shows all over the country, so it makes makes perfect sense to me. Uh, I was going to ask if that was Nikita Koloff. So it, uh, it is White Tux. White Tux is about yeah. Super Brawl. Yes. It was it, it was a it was a lot. So yeah, it's interesting how I'm I'm interested to see how they're going to kind of explain away that Nikita was kind of helping Sting, given that the last time we saw him, he was in a fucking Russian chain match with Sting. So I I feel like uh, I'm curious to see how they explain that one away that Nikita is going to help. Sting, or it presumably helps Sting, so that ought to be interesting. But yeah, I thought this was uh, really well done here. Awesome. Uh, 
Schiff. Yeah, it uh, looks like Meltzer had some stuff right with, you know, it seems Gordy and Williams are coming in. Now Nikita Koloff coming in. And, um, I mean, it's obvious if he's, like, taking over Sting, we can trust him. WCW did this wrong. They should have saved it for later. Maybe have Nikita be in the middle of both of them. But, um, yeah, like I said earlier, he's, like, past his prime, sadly. Because Nikita in 86, Crockett's amazing. Yep. Um, all right. Yeah, He. I mean... Yeah, I mean, he was he was okay. I mean, he wasn't great that he started, but he got came into his own. But yeah, ninety two, he seems kind of burnt. But we'll see how he goes because I don't really honestly remember really watching any Nikita matches in ninety two. So that'll be interesting for me. Uh, Logan, what do you think? Yeah, really good brawl. Uh, I, I honestly didn't even notice that it was Nikita that came in. Um, right. So that shows shows you how much I was uh, paying attention, I guess. But I mean, he's not a bad person to have around i guess i mean he might not be at his uh peak or uh, this might not be his best run but um he's a big name to have around so um but i thought it was a good little brawl uh to set things up yeah i i mean i don't know how like what other person is going to join a fight sickling people because that's what people do i guess uh what, <laughs> what, what, what did you think jake yeah well done and to me besides what you guys have said it made me like to me y'all are really getting into like so now that they have Luger out of the way, he was kind of like an albatross hanging over everything. And now they can really, like, I think the Dangerous Alliance is really going to be the focus now. Like, they're going to kind of move more into that main event. Because there's, like, in a weird spot before where Luger was still the champion. So you have to kind of focus on him at least a little bit. Now he's gone. They can really crank it up. And that's kind of what came across in this for me. Yeah, and I thought it was a nice little tail end here to kind of move on to where we're going to go to next. So now we're going to start the journey to War Games, which uh, uh, that'll be the end of our pod. Is I mean, War Games is kind of the end, and then we have some things that happens with Dissension, but that's kind of the end game for the Alliance for us. But um, kind of now we got Nikita into your point. Luger's gone. Um, Sting's the world champion, so it'll be kind of cool. It's kind of like we're setting up the next phase and the final phase of the journey here. So... Um, all right, so before we end it um, and do kind of our end of episode awards here, uh, Schiff, final thoughts on the overall show? I mean, two of the three matches were good, but we only had one match that had a good ending. Um, pretty much sums up WCW 92. Um, Stupid-ass Dusty finishes. You know, Steamboat and Rude not really delivering, in my opinion. Um should be interesting. I, I can't wait to hear what the listeners think. All right, Souza. Yeah, I mean, as as far as far as uh, what we saw here saw here, it's it's really good stuff. And I mean, when you factor that in with Liger Pillman, I mean, it, it's definitely there's a lot of good stuff on this show. But like, this is one of the shows that's often looked at that too as like being one of the best in WCW. And I don't know if it quite reaches that level. After watching it here, because I mean, look, the main event is absolutely terrible. I fucking hate that main event. And I mean, a, a lot of the other matches on this show are kind of either fillery or just kind of meh. So I don't know. It, it, it's good. Like what I liked what we watched here, but I don't know if it's necessarily like an all time show for WCW. Yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, I have fond memories of the show. It's actually it was one of my fa- it's actually one of my favorite pay-per-views. I think entertainment wise and timeline wise, it's really great. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know if it really holds up as a truly great WCW pay-per-view. So I'm kind of with you there. Uh, Jake, what do you think? Yeah, to me, the, the dangerous alliance stuff kind of carried the show besides the Pillman deal Mm -hmm. at the beginning. I mean, it was all them. Everything else on this is like either Lex Luger, uh, checked out Lex Luger or kind of just filler 
1992 junk. All right, and Logan. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think this is probably one of the better pay-per-views uh, that I've seen uh, in full for sure. Um, it, it's it's not one of the greatest for sure, but it's it's up it's definitely up up there. Um, but um, yeah, like Jake said, it, it it was really carried by the DEA stuff, and um, yeah, the rest of it was kind of suck shit. So. All right, so uh, we'll do our end-of-show awards, and um, obviously we're only going to rate the matches that were the Alliance matches, so we only really have three to choose from. So uh, worst match, <laughs> by default alone, I guess it's going to be Rude Steamboat. Yup. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- Wyndham Rhodes versus uh, Austin and Larry, please. <laughs> Jake, cool you're wrong. Jake? Uh, I guess... I'll do it in solidarity, even though I had him at the same rating. I'll go Wyndham Rhodes and Austin Larry and solidarity with Matt. All Thank right, you. so so three Thank out you. of five. So three out of five uh, majority rules. So we win. I don't uh, care. I said my piece. I know your piece, but three out of five wins. <laughs> uh, uh, the best, the best, the best match. Uh, Steiner's uh, versus the Steiner's match mm-hmm. for me. Uh, Rude yep. Steamboat out of sheer spite. Steiner. <laughs> Steiner. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Steiners. 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 Of course it's Steiners. Steiners. Sean's about to hit Sousa with a fucking Steiner line. No, No, Matt, Sousa's feeling like I did a couple episodes back. (laughs) He's handled it better than I am. Um, All right. um, Because he wasn't claiming host privilege. trying to Well, I'm not the host, first of all. And second of all, I'm a gentleman. Mm. All right. Least dangerous. Susa. Why do you always come to me first with this shit? Uh, least dangerous. I mean, Wait. I know you're. I know you're all gonna say rude, so it don't fucking matter. Nope. I'm uh, saying Larry because he took that. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say Larry too. Wow. I guess I'll go Larry then. Sellouts. Actually, no, I'm not. Sellouts. Never mind. No, I'm not. Oh, now Logan gets to be angry. I'm here. No, for no, this. no. Go ahead. You're, so you, here you go, Susa. <laughs> Larry for you? Yeah, I'm gonna go Larry. Uh, Jake, I'm going Austin. Larry bumped his ass. So I can't give it to Larry because he he worked too hard in that match. His that's old why, ass. That's why. I can, that's why I can't say Larry. I'm with you on that. That's why I can't. All right. So you're going Austin. Schiff. Yes. Larry. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Logan. Rude, 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 number one with a bullet. It basically put to end his Barry feud. And he was the only one that took an L because technically mm-hmm. uh, Arn and Bobby won by TQ. No, I mean, I, I know he took the L, but he also worked his ass off in the match. No, he did. I'll, I'll yeah. give him that. But it, it it felt like a shitty way to blow off the feud that really kickstarted this whole fucking thing. Uh, unfortunately, I think I'm going to go with Logan on route. Because he would. But, but honestly, even if you think the match sucks, though, the crowd, he, I mean, I don't know, it's a hard one for this because they all they all I don't know Let's, to me like all the DA guys did pretty well in this mm-hmm. like I yeah. went by Austin by default but I didn't think he was bad or anything. I, you know what? Here's the thing: I could go with Austin too just because of someone who wasn't on the radar and didn't really equate to Jack shit and anything they did. Austin would probably be the one out of all of them. Yeah, I can see that. So I could actually see Austin. You know what? It doesn't fucking matter. We all have our opinions <laughs> on this one. There's no clear winner. <laughs> I'm gonna put, nothing. I put, I put, nothing matters. Everything sucks. You put. I could see Jake's. I could see Jake's point for Austin too. Honestly, nothing matters. Everything sucks. All right. 
Why do anything? All right. right. Exactly. That's that's my life. That's just good life. So on a scale of one to five on the Alliance journey, what would you rate this Alliance showing tonight? Um, Sousa. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Did we do Most Dangerous? No, we didn't. Oh, Sorry, most dangerous. This is falling apart at the seams. Most you want to pick? You want to pick me for most dangerous too? You might as well. Sure, you're first on everything for your. Okay, very good. Match. Uh, <laughs> uh, most dangerous. I will go one. Arn Anderson. Hmm. One on our last episode too. Schiff. Mm. That's tough for me. I'm going Paulie. He showed how ferocious he can be. By dressing up as an edge and costing Steamboat. <laughs> I mean, there's an argument for that. Uh, Jake? I'm going to cheat and say Arn Eaton because I can't pick either one. So I'm going right. to cheat. Logan? Who are you going to pick? I, I don't I don't. I, I'm kind of leaning on Polly a little bit. He made a lot of impact. I've heard that show. about you. I'll go Polly. Yeah, I like that. All right. I mean, he made the most impact in this show, obviously, to me. He kept this belt on Rude, which I wish he hadn't, but he yeah. did. He did. Not that, I, not that I want Steamboat to keep the belt, e- get the belt either. But all right, scale of one to five. I hate ending this show on a down note. That Rude fucking match sucked. I'm on a scale of <laughs> one to five. <laughs> what would we rate? What would we rate this journey on the Alliance overall? So, Susan, you're first. Of course, I am. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't have it any other way. Even though I don't know what the fuck I'm about to say. Uh, let's go. It's a tough one. Like the ma- the matches were good, but I mean, was there real storyline advancement? I mean, the Steiners. I'm, got I mean, fucked. I will say the press conference was. Mm-hmm. I thought the press conference. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The press, really good. That, that's that's kind of where the bulk of it's gonna go. So I mean, I guess. Uh, I'm I'm going to go three and a half with with the uh, with uh, the uh, the uh, the intention of perhaps changing it when hearing what everybody else has to say. You know what makes me mad? You know, you brought up a good point. You know what makes me mad? That closing Every, everything? angle. No, 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 no. Seriously, the closing angle in that press conference with Reed and Sting had such heat. I wish the matches we could get out of that kind of stuff equated to that kind of stuff with Reed. Like, we got it a little bit when they had the Clash Mask, but we haven't really got it since, and I think that's what makes me angry. Mm. Like, that that press conference had some good freaking heat to it and was really great, and I just feel like the matches never come out to the way that kind of stuff does with him. Well, I feel like it, it's a thing where, like, that that's a feud that is feels to me like it's going to be solely made for the house show circuit, and, like, it's not going to be a huge TV thing, so I think that's part of it, too. Well, yeah, because things transfer into Vader, right? So it's weird why they even did that press conference to begin with. I guess mm-hmm. the... Anyway, um, Jake, how about you? Scale of one to five. I'd probably go like a four. To me, because they seem kind of locked and loaded for like this final stretch where they're really going to be pushed as like the main event sort of thing with Rue getting involved with Sting. And I mean, they didn't really win these matches really like cleanly or anything, but they also didn't look like like they also protected them because they didn't really lose any of these. So, I mean, Larry lost, but you kind of expect that. But, you know, like... In any other world, you would think they would just let the Steiners win, but they kind of let them go there. You know, they made Rude look strong in the Steamboat match. So, to me, they seem kind of uh, ready to go into the final stretch. All right, so Jake's a four. Matt's a three and a half. Uh, Schiff? I'm going three and a half as well. Um, 
but you know we're we see this coming to an end because they've already said that uh wrestle war is war games all right logan i'll go three um i, I mm. do think that press conference was a strong way to end i think that uh definitely builds stuff going forward um the matches were good to pretty good to not very good <laughs> Um, but I, no, I mean that, 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 that rude steamboat match, I'll, I'll admit it's probably for, for people that aren't me, but it just wasn't for me. And that's just how I fall on it. That's just what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I'll give it a three on the strength of the press conference afterwards and the f- first two matches being really good. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go three and a half for me. It's like, okay, what do you do with Larry now? Like you've kind of put the women stuff to bed. So he's kind of just there to take the L's all the time for me now. Right. There's nothing left for him. Finally, um, he's doing yeah. what he should have been doing the well, entire well, time. I agree. But now it's kind of like his mission is over. The Wyndham stuff's over. He got his all, mission. Yeah. Whatever his mission was like, he's, he's crunch. He's not the cruncher to me anymore. Cause that was it with Wyndham. Right. And Wyndham's going to start transferring over to Austin now, which is going to give Austin, which is going to give Austin purpose. Finally. Um, so there's that. And then you, the Steiner's, in Austin and Eaton, I'm sorry, uh, Steiners and Eaton and uh, Anderson continue. And unfortunately, at Rude and uh, Steamboat continue. And now you got Sting and Rude. So I think there's progression there. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to land where I landed. So anyway, so yeah, I think I think we got more. I think we got more to move forward to. We're in the home stretch now in the end game and we're moving on to war games. And I think we have enough face dynamic and heel dynamic. Now we got Nikita in there as the face. So I, I'm looking forward to actually seeing where we go from here and seeing, you know, how we actually get the war games and how it's built out. So um, I'm actually looking forward to the next six episodes and how this plays out for us in the final home stretch. So uh, that ends uh, Super Brawl 2 for us. So before we go, um, we're going to do plugs and we'll see how this plays out. So we will let Jake, our guest, go first. So, Jake, anything you would like to plug? Yes. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, always. Love to come on and do these. Uh, my main jam is the Ruthless Aggressive podcast here on the North South Connection. Going through the Ruthless Aggression era. Me and Logan. Logan's joining me on the track from WrestleMania 19 up to Backlash. We're a little bit through Goldberg's round. It's a lot of fun. Check it out right here on the North South. Awesome. Uh, Logan? Uh, Highway to the Impact Zone, we're building towards uh, lockdown, or we probably will have done lockdown by now, but um, uh, we'll we'll be doing the build and getting up to that and doing that show as well. Um, uh, chicken Salad and Starflation, I do that with uh, Callum and Ben. Uh, chicken Salad's looking at the worst shows uh, in, in wrestling history. Starflation's looking at uh, Dave Meltzer's five-star matches and kind of re-rating them. Um, uh, Who's Next is a current-day NXT pod I do with Andy, and uh, Talking Docs is a new uh, documentary pod. I have with the cowboy and Jennifer Smith. So check all those out. Fantastic. Uh, Souza. We've got the extreme three-way dance right here on the North South connection where we are going through the land of ECW. We're in 1998. So uh, give that a listen. And also on this very feed, you can find myself along with Jennifer Smith on GC dub, a game changing podcast where we go through the world of game changer wrestling. So check that out. Find me on Twitter at msusa1991. Awesome, and GCW has been on fire lately, so good, mm-hmm. good shit coming out of there, so please listen to that. Uh, Schiff. Um, <laughs> YouTube Roulette on the Place to Be Nation uh, wrestling feed. It's uh, it's usually us. Sean stopped making appearances. 
So it's uh, just us, and it's like Mystery Science Theater 3000. One less Sean went to get milk and hasn't came back. The milk's gone bad. Uh, uh, on the pop feed, I'm on two podcasts there. Uh, Traders of the Lost Ark. That's the name, right? Sean? Sure. Yeah, uh, that's a comic podcast, which is amazing. Tim, The Tim Capel kills it. Um, he is the host one that we go over a different comic book arc. Uh, the last arc that we did was uh, w- uh, the trial of Hank Pym. And it's basically Hank Pym's a dickhead. And we did a, a deep dive on that. I was shocked at how long it was. But stay with it because we talk over why Hank Pym isn't in the MCU. Um, and how he's never recovered as a character from something that happened nearly 30 years ago. And the final podcast I'm uh, going to talk about is... Play While You Listen, which is a video game podcast. By the time you're hearing this, the second episode will be out. Um, So, yeah, it should be fun. We'll be going over the games that are coming out in April, which are some good ones. So thanks for for, uh, coming on, Jake. It's always fun. Uh, Sad you only got one more episode left, unless you want to run the gamut of seven more episodes with us. And um, (laughs) I can be found on Twitter at Scott underscore Shifflet. Look, Sean's probably going to fire me after this episode, so you can no, take my spot, Jake. Oh, no, I wouldn't fire you. Well, I was, I was your tag team partner. Oh, so that's a good point. He's going to fire both. That's no, a great point. Yeah. No, I'm not firing anybody. If, listen, if there's not at least one disagreement per episode, what the fuck are you even doing? I mean, uh, as for me, uh, you can find me, I mean, obviously here, you can find me on Traders that uh, Shift just brought up. And uh, rebooted NWA Crack and Roll coming probably probably in May uh, with a potpourri of uh, guest hosts coming out. So we will kick it off right back where we ended back in uh, September of last year with episode number 55 coming right out of uh, Bash 86. So kind of a streamlined version of the show to get us to our end game of December 88. So we, I look forward to doing that. Shift will be on with me every episode on that. And uh, like I said, uh, some folks that are on this show will join us. We might have some of the originals on, but I uh, look forward to finishing that timeline out looking at uh, Crockett Wrestling uh, from 86 to 88. Um, Jake, yes, thank you for joining us. Uh, Jake will be joining us on our very last episode, which will be um, episode number 23, and he'll be here for War Games and for the end of the Alliance. So Jake, always glad to have you on the show. Uh, um, uh, thank you to Matt, Logan, and Schiff as always. Uh, we will see you guys again in two weeks where we will start the official journey to War Games 92 and the official end to this podcast. So until then, uh, have a great two weeks, everybody.